Welcome to the Daily Check-In for the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. This specific podcast series is a platform for folks to check in, get current, and carry a clear message of hope. I've asked each of our daily guests to have a topic in mind to share on and to have a question to ask you, our listeners. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with step work, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as an additional resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We were simply addicts seeking recovery, nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is August 4th. We're here with Christine O. Christine, can you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, give your home group a shout out, and what's the topic we're going to talk about today? Okay, Christine O. I attend meetings in the Virginia Beach and Tidewater area in Virginia, and my clean date is March 31st, 1994. My um, topic for today is asking for help. Mm. Why'd that stand out to you? Asking, <laughs> well, um, you know, I've been really thinking about it lately because uh, I've been going, I suck at asking for help late in recovery. When I was using it was one phone call and asking for help that like changed my whole life. I mm -hmm. called my mother after an overdose and told her if she didn't help me, I'd be dead within three days. And I haven't used since that phone call. Mm -hmm. And I went through a phase in early recovery where I was so excited and relieved about the fact that I could ask people for help and they would help me. Like I didn't have to do it all on my own. I didn't have to figure everything out on my own that, I mean, I was asking people, Hey, can you help me with a route home? Cause the one I usually take is not, <laughs> it's not good for me to take, you know? So to set um, the stage so, out of sheer desperation, you asked, you asked your mom for help coming off of overdose and all that stuff. So that was like, that was your entrance into the program entrance yeah. into like softening of the heart. And then, and then it was like, okay, getting clean. It's easy. I can ask whoever, whoever. And then I'm assuming like that starts to change. Like as we stay clean for a little while, then it's like, yes. what is it? Is that like our, and I, I cannot really identify with that. I wonder if that, you know, is it our pride of like, Hey, you know, I, I'm clean, I'm clean, you know, X amount of years. I ought to know like this. Is that, is that, is that what goes on with us? I, I think that's part of it. Um, you know, like I should know how to fix this, but you know, through the step work, I also realized, I learned that, you know, um, I learned at a very young age that um, when I asked for help, nobody helped me. Hmm. So I had to learn to do things on my own, you know, and figure stuff out on my own. And it wasn't you know, they were either incapable or unwilling to help me. And I had asked for help the best way I knew how. Um, I had early childhood abuse. And um, so that kind of set the stage for me, like pu pulling myself through stuff. 
And then after I got clean, you know, I was so excited that I could ask for help and like people heard me when I asked. And the more I've gotten to know myself, especially the longer I've stayed clean, I do feel like, you know, I should be able to get this on my own. I should be able to figure this out. I should know how to apply the principles and the steps to help me get through the situation. Um, and it's just not the case for me, you know? So I tend to, my MO is I will burrow down and wait for it to pass. <laughs> As opposed but to what, like reaching out in, yeah. in, in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can identify you know, that too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll burrow down and wait for it to pass. But you know, a lot of times it doesn't pass. And then I'm just mm. deep in the hole and I get to that point of desperation. And a lot of the stuff, like what I've been going through lately is I know like nobody can fix it. Nobody can. It's like the definition of help has changed for me through mm -hmm. the years. It's not so practical anymore. Um, because if I call someone and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this, I know they can't fix it for me. But what I have forgotten was that really the only thing we have to offer each other is a different perspective. That's kind of it. You know, and I forget that other people's perspectives provide the solution for mm. the situation that I'm in. Well, you know what? And, and, and when you couple that, yeah, you're exactly right. And, and when you when you couple that with, you know, just that that the basic text is that therapeutic value, right? Of one addict helping another. And, and, and a part of that is just being heard. Like if I call you up and say, hey, look, man, this is what I'm going through. I may not necessarily be hanging on the edge of my seat waiting for you to say, well, look, the answer is X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. But my spirit may need to hear you say, that's okay. I understand. I believe in you. I believe, yeah, times, you're right. That's yeah. what I need to hear is yeah. I believe in you, mm. you know? Mm. And um, yeah. like, it's just, I don't know, even as a parent, um, my son is getting ready to be 22. He's starting his senior year in college. And he, he was a handful when he was younger. Like he's uh, emotionally intense. I don't know where he gets that from. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> emotionally intense, gifted. So mm -hmm. it was like, uh, for the longest time, I thought he was on the autism spectrum because of the meltdowns and, just a whole nother thing. But I have always believed that my biggest job as a parent has been to teach him how to ask for help, whether it's something small with his home oh, that's really homework cool. or yeah. it was a issue with a friend, or if now he's in college and it's one of his friends drinking too much or, hmm. you know, um, but that has been my most important job as a parent. And he's it's a rock not star, built right? To keep him off like, drugs. Is this the one who did the he symphony is. a little while ago? We were talking yeah. about and stuff. So he, yeah, you, this gives me and just my soul so much hope that you can have a, a a difficult time raising like him as a teenager, and then he turns out like killing it. That's really cool. My my yeah. third my my youngest boy, he's going to be fourteen next month, 
and just this morning, you know, woke him up, got him some breakfast, sent him off to school. He goes a year round school. He, uh, I was bitching about a couple different things and he just said, he went, dad, I can't take it. Will you just go back to sleep? God damn. It's like, I never know between him and his brother, his brother's 16, between them two, I never know which one I'm going to wake up, you know, wake up to, man. Mm -hmm. So so thank you for that. Thank you for that little hope shot, Christine, that they're going to be okay. (laughs) They're going to be okay. Yeah. I question, I question myself sometimes how he's even from my gene pool. Like if he didn't look just like me, (laughs) Um, I would think they made a mistake at the hospital. (laughs) Christine, I asked you to prepare a question for the listeners. What you got? My question is, how has the definition of help changed for you Hmm. throughout recovery? All right, folks, well, there you have it. Hit us up on the podcast number and and or the Facebook page. We love you, folks. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the Anonymous Podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six-letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste and God bless.